Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 55. Today, Andrea and I are talking about orthotics. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Hello, Andrea. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm good. We were just about to talk about our Christmases, and we decided, wait, why don't we talk about them on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) So how was yours? It was really good. It was pretty low-key this year, which was so nice. We did a lot on Christmas Eve, but it was all local. My brother and sister-in-law and their son came and my parents and we all went out there's this place called Longwood Gardens near us which is really beautiful just to go walk around and we just sort of hung out and uh, we did a salt dough ornament craft and then Christmas morning we had at my house and then we went to my parents house after that um, nice. and it was just it was nice they my parents live 10 minutes away so it's really easy to just kind of go back and forth and we didn't drive to New Jersey to this year, which is always nice to see that family, but it's an hour plus drive, which is a lot to do, especially when you have a four-year-old who just wants to play with their presents. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Oh my gosh, yeah. How about you guys? Yeah, we were pretty chill. We, Christmas Eve, I like was not, I was like just feeling really off. So I was like, you know what? I want to like not get sick you know so I just kind of took advantage and just like laid in bed and watched movies by myself it was kind of amazing because <laughs> I was like not sick enough that it was like miserable but like and I'd be like oh maybe I feel okay and then I'd get up and try and do something and be like oh just kidding I really don't feel okay you know so it's kind of enjoyable to just lay in bed and watch movies by myself and then I was like doing some baking, so I kind of like get up and do something for like an hour or two, and then like go lay back down. And so it was just really super chill because then Adam just took Remy, but and I got like all the baking done that I wanted to do, and it was like totally chill. I wasn't like putting pressure on myself to do it. It was just like, oh, I want to do this. It's like fun. So by Christmas, I like had everything done, and it was really fun. And we just got to like chill. We visited some friends, and. Um, yeah, Remy still hasn't even opened all his presents. He, like, doesn't understand the concept of presents and, like, is so enamored by the ones he's opened that I'm like, well, we'll just save these until <laughs> until we need them. Because <laughs> they're, like, they're like there's some that are sitting completely open under the tree, and he just, like, still hasn't even noticed them. So, I yeah. Have, I had one of my first bosses. They, like, took a lot of time opening every present. So they'd open a present and then play with it. And then, so it would take them several days to get through the presents. And I think that's a really, a really neat idea to, you know, be able to experience each toy instead of, because I feel like what happens is they get excited and then they open the next one. And then they, by the time they get to the last one, even if it's four or five or two or three, the first one they've forgotten about. Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of what we did this year accidentally since I wasn't feeling well. Like, Adam had to go to work on Christmas Eve morning. So I was like, all right, kid, you're opening up a new toy, you know, like to distract you. (laughs) So we opened one then. And I had kind of already anticipated him him being overwhelmed by all his toys. So we had opened up one over the weekend, too. So, like, yeah, that's kind of what we ended up doing. And it was was cool. I don't know how well it's going to work once he, like, really understands the concepts of presents, you know. But we'll see. It was nice. It was chill. Yeah, I would say this last year, my daughter was three. She she got it. She understood it. 
But this year was really, was really neat. She, like, really knew exactly what was going on, presents. There was this one present she was specifically asking for. Um, And my parent, and I had my parents get it for her. So she, we opened presents that, like, from us at our house, and then we went to my parents later. And she's, like, had to learn patience and waiting. And it was really funny for her to... Um, I have, to, I have to wait. She was like, but where's my, where's my birdie pillow? I said, we'll have to see if someone else got it for you. So it That's was, cute. It was cute. And then, um, it was really nice. The day after Christmas, she didn't ask to watch TV the entire day. I got up, I saw like for the baby and I saw that her light was on in her room. So she was like already awake and playing in her room and all day long, she just played. And it was wonderful, and I was really proud of her. Just, like, nice. experiencing all of her toys and enjoying them and all of that. That's great. Awesome. So, yeah. So this week, we are changing gears a little bit, and we're talking about orthotics. So I wanted to kind of do a follow-up. We had a bunch of episodes, and I should have written down what numbers they were, but about child development. Um, I will link to them. So this is kind of a follow-up to those. I'd like to talk about orthotics for kids, and then we can also talk about orthotics for adults as well. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Okay. So... A lot of people ask, and they'll look at their kids' feet, and they'll say, oh, no, my kid has really flat feet. Do they need orthotics? I am not an over-bracer from that standpoint. Um, I would say that if you look at a child's feet and they're flat, that's probably normal. Most babies' feet look flat. They've got a little extra. It's called brown fat on those feet, and that is normal and appropriate and doesn't affect them walking. As they get older, they will start to develop some arches. They'll get rid of some of that brown fat and you'll be able to see a nice arch. Sometimes, though, there are kids whose feet are really turning in. And the way that I like to notice that the most is when you look behind them and you look at their feet from the back and you're really looking at the back of their heels. So when you look at the back of their heels, if you see them kind of pointing inward, so the bottom of their heels kind of facing out and the top of their heel where it attaches to their lower leg almost makes an angle, that may be a sign that you want to do some sort of orthotic or bracing. However, that doesn't mean that they need it. They can still grow out of it. So the first thing I really look for is when is your child walking and are they having trouble getting to that stage? So if your child has been typically developing up through crawling, um, then it's really good to kind of pay attention. You should expect them to be able to get on their get into walking within that same normal, typically developing standpoint. And then what you're looking at is, okay, well, they pulled up to stand, but are they having a hard time getting away from the surface? Are they having a hard time taking independent steps? That's when I start to think about whether or not kids needs or a kid is needing orthotics. If they've been cruising along surfaces for, you know, like, let's say a couple of months and they're not willing to take that step away and we notice that their feet are really turning out, then I'd say, you know what, let's see if we can, maybe we'll try a really supportive shoe and see if that works. And if that's working but not enough, then we might go towards orthotics. Um, go ahead. I was going to ask for a clarification. So you were talking about the angle of the heel. Are you talking about like the vertical angle? Like 
Yes. Okay, yes. So like the top part, okay, is pointing in exactly. and the bottom part is pointing out. Exactly. And then just now you said feet pointing out. So I just wanted to clarify. Thank you. Yeah. So it's really, <laughs> it's really the, uh, what I call the hind foot. So when you look at them from behind, Early on, babies typically walk on their toes, their feet may turn out. Those are all normal things that they should grow out of. By the age of two or so is when you should start to see the feet, and I do mean the feet this time, you know, flat feet, facing fairly forward, not pointing out, not pointing in. You want to see that by the age of two. If they've been walking, let's say walking for eight to 12 months is when we want to see that their feet are in a fairly straight position. But that back of the foot, that's when you're kind of thinking earlier on whether or not that they need bracing earlier. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So my first suggestion is to try without orthotics and see what they can do. I think it's really important for us to have a lot of bare feet time, especially kids. They should be barefoot outside. They can be, should be barefoot inside and allow their feet, those muscles to grow. Now, if you have a child that has some other developmental disorder, something that they were born with or something that you've seen and their feet are, let's say, you you might know if your child has this, if they have really high tone or really low tone. We talked a little bit about tone in those other um, podcasts that I'll, I will link to. But basically, high tone is really, really tight muscles, it kind of feels like. And low tone is it feels a little bit more, a lot uh, more floppy. So those two diagnoses, you may be more looking more into orthotics. And in that point, what we're looking for in a an orthotic standpoint is not necessarily to help them walk, but to support the foot while the child grows. Because if we can then support the foot in a proper alignment while the child grows, maybe they will not need bracing down the road. So basically, if they're overstretched and they're that hind foot, that back of their foot is turned in, but we can support it in a nice straight alignment with a nice arch as they grow, the ligaments, which are the little tendon or the the little kind of rubber bands that hold bones together will be in the right position so that they can stretch in the places that they're supposed to get stretched out but stay tight in the places that they're supposed to stay tight. So I will use orthotics for somebody that has a known diagnosis or condition more specifically with either a hypertonia, a high tone diagnosis or a hypotonia, a low tone diagnosis. So, yeah, I mean, and just to clarify what you're saying, Beth, is that, like, if if a child has flat feet, but it's, like, in the absence of anything else, you probably wouldn't try to brace them or put orthotics just because someone has flat feet, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. The, you know, especially from a kid's standpoint, it, there's no need to just brace for the sake of bracing. And I would say that... Anything kind of 10 and under, I don't brace for the sake of bracing. Um, yeah, and I, just to point out, like, sometimes it is genetic. So it's like if you have flat feet and your kid has, you know, chances are your kid's going to have flat feet. Like, my dad had really flat feet and I have really flat feet and I don't wear orthotics of any kind. Sorry if you can hear Remy in the background. Um, and it's, yeah, flat feet in themselves aren't really problematic. Um, I was going to say... 
I forgot now, so go on. I had a question for you. I'll think of it. <laughs> go for it. Well, yeah, just let me know when it comes up. So as they as kids, so that's with like the young, the little, little ones. I would say stick with either no shoes or really soft-soled shoes like the Roby's brand. Um, there's a bunch of different – I can link to some really nice soft-soled shoes for babies it's really really important for them to if you're not comfortable with them in bare feet let's say it's the middle of winter you want to have as soft of soles as possible so that they can develop as much arch as possible so a lot of people do ask me about footwear and I am not supportive of I mean they're so adorable but those uh, little like baby Timberlands yeah really cute but unnecessary it doesn't allow them to use the muscles of their feet and so from like a regular standpoint I don't recommend them yeah totally I feel bad we hopefully they don't listen to this podcast but our friends gifted us these adorable like they gave us like Nike Jordans like I can't imagine how expensive they I mean they were like from their kid but they were like unused and I had to donate them all because their soles were like you should be able to take the shoe and like twist it and like wring it out like a wet cloth and just it have like maybe a tiny bit of like just like a leather resistance to it. Like these soles, like I could not even like bend it this way the way a foot should bend. Like it was there was no bending to them at all. And I'm like, oh my god, I cannot have him in these shoes. And we actually put them in in a pair of them just for pictures one time. And it's like, he couldn't walk. Like he just kept falling over and like, was just, like, I felt so bad. I was like, all right, we gotta take these things off. Cause it was when he was like first starting to walk. But so if they're in these stiffer soles, like it's gonna in- impact their walking. Like they really can't learn to walk that way. Well, absolutely. And then if you, if they learn to walk wearing shoes like that with those stiffer soles, then all of a sudden you put them in barefoot, they don't know what to do. So you really, you want to be consistent and preferably your consistency is is barefoot because that's that's a your body's kind of natural uh you know a posture and alignment shoes have as we you know as kids get older this is when I start to talk about footwear i am overall for the you know older kid like 10 and up plus adults if you don't need to do orthotics and you can just choose proper shoes, I 100% prefer that. So, you know, people are like, well, you know, I love my flip-flops. Well, flip-flops are the probably the most terrible shoe in the entire world. They are great to, like, throw on and take the trash out, but they are not a shoe that you should be wearing all day to work, all day to school. Those bottom of your feet are just working all the time to hold them to your foot. If you get the ones that have the little strap in the back, so then you don't have to actually grip them to to hold them on your feet, it's a little bit better. But as you get older, the biggest thing you want to look for, you still want some flexibility in your shoes. And one of the things that I do is I, I will take a shoe and I will bend it. I won't twist it this time. I'll bend it. And I will see where it bends. And where you want that point to bend is right at the point where your foot joins your toe so you want the most flexibility at that point because when you're walking that's the most flexibility that you're getting in your foot is that stretch back of your toe so when you bend the shoe it shouldn't break in the middle of the foot it should 
break in the front half of the foot so that when you're walking, that will bend. And you will find that some shoes, even if they seem to fit you, the bend isn't quite right for your foot if you have longer toes or a shorter midfoot. So when you're looking at shoes, especially if they're sports shoes or athletic shoes like sneakers, um, Cleats and like basketball shoes are tough, but you still want to see and where the the softest part of that shoe is. And it should be, you know, hold it up to your foot, bend the shoe. It should be right in that, the ball of your foot, where that toe meets your, where your toe meets your foot. I totally agree. That's awesome advice. Um, I'm going to go back to the question I was going to ask you. Is there something... That you can, like, I mean, I think you would recommend if, if you're considering orthotics, you should be working with someone like yourself who specializes it and probably not just trying to do it um, over the counter, especially for your child. Um, is there something, like, questions that you could ask the person? Because I feel like there's some kind of, like, old school advice still out there that is more about, like, just bracing for like structure, do you know what I mean? They're just like being like, oh, hey, the foot is arch, so let's just like force an arch versus like what you were talking about, like the bracing for support of proper muscular development. So what questions could you ask to make sure they have the right like theory behind what they're doing, if that makes sense? Yeah, so, well, in in that kind of sense, I'm, I'm thinking about a little bit more from an older standpoint. So when we think about bracing, we need to know, is the child still growing or are they done growing? And feet tend to be the first thing that stops growing. So you'll see like these lanky, almost pre-adolescent kids with these huge feet because they're still, their bodies are still growing, but their feet are done. So that's why I say when we start to get to like around 10, 10 and up, you know, 10s usually girls and boys a little bit later, is when we can start treating their feet like adult feet. And in that point, you want to look at your hobbies, look at your activities, and look at your level of what you want to do. So my, I don't necessarily think that if you're looking for a little bit of support for your feet or trying to find the right shoes, I really like, I don't know if you, if they have them everywhere, but in our area, we have these like running company stores. So it's Philadelphia Running Company, Westchester Running Company, and what you will go into this store and they're not cheap shoes, but they will look at your feet and they will... Find shoes that support your feet. They will help you get some over-the-counter orthotics for your feet. And they can help support what you're already doing. So if you are trying to run marathons, they can look at your feet. They can look at it when you run and when you walk. And find the shoe that matches what you're already doing. Which, if you have no pain, is great. So if you're, you know, just looking for something, you know, a new running shoe, a new sports shoe, and your body feels pretty good, then let's support your foot in whatever it's already doing since it's doing what we want it to. If you have pain and discomfort, and it does not have to be pain and discomfort in your foot, it could be pain in your back, which I actually see quite a bit, I would recommend seeing a physical therapist and figuring out, okay, is it coming from my feet? Is it in alignment for my feet? If we are going to support your foot, I want you to be doing exercises for your feet. So not only are we going to give you an orthotic or recommend that you should get an orthotic, which depending on what kind of thing, you know, you might want to go to a podiatrist for to get a more custom one, but you want to be doing exercises as well. So we're not just supporting a foot that's not doing exactly what we want it to. 
Sorry, I, I meant for, uh, I have some comments about what you said, but for kids specifically, like for like kids, um, orthotics, so there, like questions you could ask to make sure that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for questions that for kids orthotics. So the big questions that I would say is, you know, when did you, how old was your child when they started walking? Have they started walking yet? And then also looking at what age they started crawling. Now, if they we're looking at a child that's 18 months old and hasn't started crawling yet, we've got other things that we want to work on that we're not ready to do orthotics. Now, if they started crawling at 8 to 10 months and now we're 18 months and they haven't started walking, that's what we want to that's 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 a big question to ask. And well, to so but if you're sorry, I, mean, I don't mean to give you a but like if if your person that you're seeing is not asking you those questions, then should you be concerned? And the reason I'm asking that is I've had parents who come in and they take their kids to podiatrists, and the podiatrists just like slap orthotics on these kids that don't need them. And so it's like if you're being told you need orthotics for a developing foot. Like you want to make sure cert that person who is giving the orthotics is giving the right orthotic and the right support. Does that, I got sorry. it. Yeah. So yes, you're <laughs> saying what, what should the parent be asking the person that's giving the orthotics? Um, I would, that's a, that's a really good question. And yes, I do. Um, I would I would ask what exercises can I do to support this? And if the provider that you're getting orthotics from doesn't have exercises to give you to support the foot, then I would find a provider that can give you exercises to support the foot. And so I would say that that would be one of my first questions because that can kind of rule out what type of provider you're seeing. So if you're seeing a provider that just says, here, take this device, but doesn't give you any exercises to do with it, then there's a there's a question or concern. I would also ask how long do you expect me, you know, the child to need this type of orthotic? And if you get the answer of, well, forever, think about that. Think about, okay, well, they're going to need this forever. Is there another option that I can do for a developing foot, for a foot that's still growing to support it so it doesn't need to be necessarily forever? Um, you also want to, can ask, what is the, what is the goal of the orthotic? So why are we supporting the foot? Are we supporting the foot for function? Are we supporting the foot for the ability to walk and move and run and jump? Those are all kind of different things that we're supporting the foot for. And if you're want to support a foot for jumping, it's a very different, that might be a very different orthotic than you're using to support a kid for walking. So that's kind of question A is, answer A is, what are we doing for the foot if we're supporting it for function? That's one thing. Or if we're supporting it for uh, alignment, that's another thing. So those are the kind of like the big okay why are we why are we bracing the foot and is it for function or is it for alignment and depending on what that answer is you can kind of narrow down what what might need to happen to kind of help support it and kind of limit the the use of it if you if it needs to be does that answer that question yeah i think that's super helpful and the reason i ask is sorry to any podiatrist listening here it is i'm sure because i only see a very biased population but man the people i get from podiatrists get terrible advice and terrible surgeries and terrible orthotics like 
again, I only see the people who come in who are continuing to have pain. So I'm sure that's why. But I think most people in my office know how I feel about a lot of podiatrists <laughs> because there is a ton of what happens is you walk into a podiatrist's office. Again, guys, huge generalization. There are some fantastic podiatrists out there, but what can often happen, sorry for my child here, is, is that you get casted for an orthotic or you kind of just get your foot put on a machine, but they don't look at how your foot is functioning. They don't ask about what sports you're doing and they're just, doing it like no matter what you're coming in for and it's a $400 orthotic they are making a lot of money off of it um end of story and the research does not support custom orthotics anymore um there's a lot of research that shows sorry Remy? there's a lot of research that shows that over-the-counter orthotics are just as effective if not more effective than custom for just general foot pain. You know what I mean? Obviously, if you have something really funky going on with your foot, you need orthotics. But, like, honestly, that's pretty rare. Like, you know if you need something custom, probably. So, um, and just ca the casting or putting your foot on a machine alone is not enough to show what type of orthotic you need. The person... Um, whoever's doing it needs to be looking at how your foot is functioning on the ground, manually on the table, like looking how your joints are moving. And then only then can they, if they're using a machine, be making adjustments to the machine based on what they saw both on the ground and on the table. Um, some will only do one. So some will only look at you on the table and some will only look at you on the ground, but you have to look at like what's the discrepancy between what's going on in both. So that is my spiel on that. I feel very strongly about it because a lot of people get over braced and they're like preemptive support is what I see from podiatrists. Is they're like, oh, my podiatrist said, you know, since I'm like 40, I should start giving my foot some more support. And it's like, no, <laughs> like you don't want to like pre-support your foot because then you'll make the muscles of your foot kind of lazy and dependent on the orthotic if you don't need it. Um, and then you kind of have now stuck yourself in orthotic for life when you were, what if it just been fine not wearing an orthotic in the first place so I yeah. agree wholeheartedly and I was going to make that caveat earlier when I kind of mentioned a podiatrist that I again there are some fantastic podiatrists but sometimes I think that we, we are a bit of a kind of magic pill band-aid society a little bit oh well let me just my I've got foot pain let me go to the podiatrist because they're a foot doctor and I want you know I I don't necessarily think it's always the fault of the podiatrist, but people are, okay, my foot hurts. What can you do for me? And it's like, well, I can make you these orthotics. And the people that end up coming to me six to 12 weeks after they've gotten these brand new $400 orthotics, now these are the people that probably should have maybe come to therapy first. And that's usually my recommendation is to do, if you're having foot pain, knee pain, knee uh, back pain, and you know that you have foot alignment issues, try therapy first. See what you can do with it. And what I always tell my clients is, let's try therapy. Let's see what happens. Let's see if it gets better. If we make progress, but not as much as we want, then we can try orthotics. And there are some fantastic over-the-counter orthotics. And they are about $50 a pop. And they last a while. And they make ones that fit well into sports shoes or sneakers. There's like 
really cheap over-the-counter ones that you can put in flats or heels or those kinds of things, which are never my recommended shoe wear. But a lot of these over um, the custom orthotics, they don't fit in the shoes that people want to wear. So they end up having $400 paperweights or they end up buying shoes that they don't really want to wear and end up just not being happy about it, especially when you're looking at the kind of young adult population or the adolescent population. They're not going to want to just wear shoes. if they, They're going to want an orthotic that fits in their Uggs or their... Um, uh, I'm trying to think what other shoes are popular right now, and I have absolutely no Me idea. Me either. <laughs> right but now. yeah, that's such a good point about orthotics not fitting in shoes because... Yeah, people, I think, don't realize that, yeah. so it's a good question to ask for sure. Yeah, So, and I think that, that that's the other, yeah, I would say, okay, what are we looking for orthotics for? A lot of my clients, they're looking for orthotics in their cleats it's because cleats have terrible support. So they get a custom orthotic, but it doesn't fit, fit in their sports shoe or their basketball shoes or it slides around. I feel like a lot of times they get three-quarter length orthotics, which are just not comfortable, but they they give a better, what I was looking for earlier, that toe break. It just doesn't work for what they want it for. So you really want to ask the question, you know, the, the provider should be saying, what do you, when do you want to wear this? You know, a lot of times they're saying, okay, here's this orthotic, wear it all the time, but that's not always feasible. So if we're looking at a sports orthotic versus an everyday shoe orthotic, they're very different. And they might be different depending on the kind of person you are. You're going to be have more differences when you're doing it for women or girls versus men and boys. Their their footwear tends to be a little bit different unless you're looking at like the business professional who might be wearing dress shoes to, for work all day or sneakers on the weekend, that kind of thing. Um, you just those are things that you need to keep in mind and be aware of of like what are we using the orthotics for? Can we do just exercises for our feet to help us? And then if that's not the case, I would I would start with an over-the-counter and going to a, a running store or a physical therapist or something like that and seeing what can just give your foot a little bit of support and see if that's all you need. But just make sure you spend some time barefoot. Totally. And then I just wanted to throw in a few like over-the-counter recommendations. I don't know if you have any, but like I know super feet are a super common one. Uh, oftentimes running stores will let you... He keeps crying the second I turn off my mute. Um, the running stores will let you try them on in your shoes. So they're great to do that. Um, but you can buy them on Amazon too. And they have a few different varieties. Um, if you walk around on hard floors a lot and you kind of like get like, just like your feet are achy or your back gets achy, like literally buy those like $3 memory insole ones that you cut to size like it's not support but it's cushion and if you are walking around a cement floor wood floors all day long or tile like it literally makes the biggest world of difference so like you oftentimes don't need support for that you just need the cushion um and then i use a company called quadra steps which is only available to clinicians but you can i think you might be able to look up which clinicians use them but they're like an over-the-counter sort of custom orthotic um you can look at their website but they're really really cool because they what we were talking about earlier it's like they really allow your um foot to develop it like develop the muscles just by wearing them and so like their goal is that you get out of them eventually and they're like 
I mean, much more affordable. And the only caveat is they really do not fit in a lot of shoes well. <laughs> but depending on which which one you need, if you need the like, if you have flat feet, they're pretty wide. But that's because it's what your foot needs. Um, but yeah, so those are great. But I don't know if Beth, if you have any other brands you go to. My biggest recommendation because it's they're easy to get. There's like four main styles, but if you go on their website, there's they probably have about ten to fifteen styles of different footwear. There, I mean, I feel like they have from like ski boots to like skinny track racing shoes um so they have a lot of different styles for kids so i think a lot of people ask me like okay well my i've decided that you know my younger child athlete needs something and well how do we get a kid size orthotic i use cascade is the company and they make a couple of different types and they're what we call semi-custom so you measure your child's foot and you can figure out the length and then you can add an arch support to it which is usually the biggest thing that I end up doing is I I add an, a foam arch support rather than it just being completely flexible, and they have they're called Patty Bobs and Hot Dogs are their their main ones I know right fun names and then Chipmunks give a little bit of extra support so these are kind of maybe your kids that are a little bit on the lower tone side with a little bit flatter feet that we want to support a little bit without going too crazy. That's usually my biggest recommendations for, I'm going to say your three and over population, like three, the three to 10 before they're fitting in adult size shoes. And if we need a little bit of support to help them while they grow, let's not get something crazy custom because they're going to outgrow it in six months. And then if you have a secondary medical insurance. So if you have like a Medicare or um, sorry, a Medicaid uh, supplemental insurance, they might cover your orthotics for kids. So that's something to keep in mind. And in that case, you'd want to go through an orthotist to get them and they can help you with that. And I do find that orthotists tend to do a little bit more of that um, evaluation of sitting, standing, walking, and moving than sometimes the podiatrist does. I feel like when you go to that physician, you get a very short appointment time and they just don't have the time, the accessibility and the availability to give you the look that, you know, the the overall assessment of what they think of what you might really need. But the orthotists tend to be a little bit more, they look a little bit more at function rather than just base alignment. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks, Beth. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feeds of Real Eats, and Andrea, Dr. Andrea Moore, on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.